over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Ten o'clock hour, our open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner, whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. You can call one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight one triple eight Rosie for you. You can email info at rosieonthehouse dot com, or you can text four one one nine two three. That. Text number is only active during the broadcast, but the phone and email we answer all week long, whatever it is you're trying to get done around your home, castle, or cabin. Welcome to the program. It is, uh, what is this, 33 or 34 years? I kind of lost track this last couple of years. have been kind of funny. I think, me, uh, me too. I need to go back and count. <laughs> but we it's appreciate- however long Jennifer and I have been married, minus 10 years. So that's 60 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can uh, thank you for spending your Saturday morning with us. Again, one 888 We have some good news, finally. Uh, we've been talking about the constant soaring prices of lumber, but it's coming down. July futures ended Wednesday with uh, boards at 500, with lumber at 500 and. $21.40 per thousand board feet, down 70% yeah, from yeah. the high, which was just May, yeah. just two months ago, right. when it was selling at $1,711. A lot of this is just the restabilization of the supply chain, but they also cite a shift in spending from home improvement projects back to vacations and dining out. <laughs> You need a lot of lumber for that. Yeah, boy, you need a lot of lumber for that. I bet all those people who did their project in May wish they had waited. Oh man! Now, Romy, hold on on that one thing because it's this has come up on three calls I've been on this week. Rosie is now the right time to remodel. Materials are so expensive. Are they going to come down? And I projected months ago lumber is going to come down. The reason lumber spiked was a trifecta of three situations that was a perfect storm that created a limited supply and an exploded demand. And I projected lumber was going to come back down, but I don't project. I don't think it's going to go much lower than 500,000 board feet. And I don't see anything else coming down. And It would have to be a massive housing construction depression for it to even bounce down a couple pennies so i tell people look if you're in a mood to build a remodel and you're doing this for your lifestyle and to fill your dreams proceed don't wait thinking costs are going to go down now i would not build a speculative house right now i would not do a lot of real estate flipping right now because the costs are so high but if it's building for your dreams a remodeling project you've been thinking about for a long time. Don't wait for prices to go down. It just isn't going to happen. And the second part of that article talked about prices in retail coming down, citing an example in Ohio where in, on June 21st, it was seven fifty per two by four. Now it's six twenty five. dollars But uh, they said, don't expect to see that cost savings in homes. They quoted both KB and Lennar saying, you know, unless... You know, 
unless something drastic happens, we anticipate keeping that in our margin and not dropping home prices. To make up what happened to them the last 12 months. I mean, and, just the price of lumber drove the average sales price of a new home. Just the increase in lumber raised the prices on an average, coast to coast, by $30,000. Well, and they were buying lumber in May. You know, That's so right. house, houses that are getting framed right now, they probably bought that lumber package in May, if not earlier, uh, just to get it on site. So there was a, a long delay in time. So it's not like just because the price dropped doesn't mean they bought the lumber that's going in that day. They they made that investment months ago. So, but that is good news. Lumber's, lumber's coming back down. It is. Yes, it is. An invention that finally hit. How many times have you had a device you're trying to charge, a cord with a USB, and no cube to stick it in to the outlet? Yes. They're finally putting USBs in GFCI outlets. So you don't have to worry about finding the cube. And the GFCI, of course, has to go in your kitchen, which is probably your kitchen countertop where you charge it anyway. Finally, Legrand... Uh, .us, you can see and order it online there. Then another great one that I really like this, it's called uh, uh, Install Support Tool. If you've ever hung cabinets by yourself, <laughs> you know it's a very clumsy uh, project. Once you, If you get your base countertop tops done, what we would do in the past is you would measure, okay, how much distance from the top of this cabinet to the bottom of your hanging cabinet is there. And then you would cut planks and use that plank to help support the uh, cabinet up if you're doing it by yourself. But even still, that could be a little cumbersome. Well, this support tool, um, it's basically a post on a square, and then you've got another square on top, and it's got, uh, and it's it's, it's threaded, so you adjust it to the perfect height that you're looking for, and it holds it there while you secure it and anchor your cabinet to the wall. So for contractors, especially guys that are one-man crews that do cabinet installs, the install support tool, T-Jack, I think that gets added to a must. It is. It's, it's a pretty handy little tool to have for a lot of things. And it is like a screw jack, and it is extendable. Uh, I've actually used them to help hang drywall ceilings by myself. Just get it up there, put the jack on one end while you go screw off the other side and come back and screw it. It is a pretty handy little tool. But I don't hang drywall by myself anymore. <laughs> Especially on ceilings. <laughs> well, I do think uh, we had a broadcast recently with APS and SRP, and we yes. were talking about the you know reliability of Arizona's power grid. And... Over last weekend, over 100,000 Arizonans were without power. Kaboom! Because of down power lines and the storms. But I do think we have to compliment them. The longest person that had to wait was only like a day and a half. I mean, that's pretty impressive, getting it restored to 100,000 people in that short a time. And as much as we all hate paying our electric bill, I think we can all agree we enjoy using electricity. Oh, baby. And at least we don't have to uh, open up the headlines like this and find out, you know, PG&E faces 33 criminal charges. Now, none of <laughs> none of our utility companies in Arizona are under that kind of, uh, you know, oh my management. So can, 
congratulations to the men and women out there working to get that power back online. And I, I, I don't know if it's, I'm sure it's open by now, but they were talking about 35th Avenue, I think from Thunderbird South for like a mile was completely closed off because just everything on that stretch, some microburst just knocked everything down and Plowed it had to reroute traffic for a couple of days getting that back up. Well, and I was trying to explain the structural loads of homes earlier, and I was trying to explain the factor of shear and that that's kind of an unknown stress your home goes through that the engineers have to design to protect your home. And that pulling over, pushing over power lines and trees is the sheer stress of wind. And your home has to be designed to resist that. You don't want your home in the middle of 35th Avenue with the trees <laughs> and, the, and the down power lines. No. No, you don't. Uh, when, uh, gosh, I completely blanked. What's the name of the mall on I-17? Metro Center? Metro, Metro Center. Center. Mm-hmm. When Metro Center went down, we were speculating, all right, how long till Paradise Valley goes down? Yeah, man. Answer was Wednesday. Kaboom. <laughs> Sears. P- Sears mall. is gone. Oh, golly, that's something else. I, all this, all the mortar, the rebar, the wiring, the ductwork. I mean, it's so much stuff in that building that's now just being... I know. I, I if if I had the money to do it, both of those would have been great opportunities to set up manufacturing. The infrastructure's there, the power's there, the plumbing's there, the space is there, big open spaces, move in the machines and the people and start cranking out American-made products. But they're turning uh, Paradise like. Valley into something that resembles what I, it sounds like what you would see in that new development that is on the east side of Desert Ridge which is like the 101 the quarter and Cape Creek. And, the and all that. And it's Mul- like condos and businesses and a grocery store. If, more, tra- if you, more traffic. If you lived there, you wouldn't have to. <laughs> you could live there without a vehicle. You, you would hope they would. If you could get <laughs> a, yeah. If you get a job in one of the businesses and you got your condo in the same building and the grocery store right there and there's entertainment all around and restaurants, you you could live there without a vehicle. It's like Scottsdale and Lincoln when they finally rezone that empty parcel that's been empty since we got here in 65 and now it's being completely populated. They sold that to the citizens saying, oh, these are all going to be people that never need to leave the property. They never need to leave. Scottsdale and Lincoln's going to be one of the most congested intersections <laughs> in all of the valley, I'll tell you. And a shame is there was a really <laughs> neat uh, adobe house on that property. I was hoping somebody would uh, grab it Well, and, and make the effort to register it historic. I mean, it, it really looked like something that when you walk up, you expect John Wayne to come out with a six-shooter and put on his vest. Uh, but by the time I got to see this, and this was 20 years ago, the previous person that had tried to restore it had absolutely no idea what they were doing and had tried to fur out adobe walls and hang drywall. It was, and, and then the roofs was so full of conduit, it was... Kind of a, a disaster. It's sad to see. But anyway, that's a little bit of what's going on in our, your backyard as it relates to the building industry and housing. We've got Stan on the line at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Last hour, we took a call from somebody that shared their DIY nightmare on finishing concrete. Well, Stan's going to tackle it, and he wants to know how to help. Uh, he wants to know how to do that, and we'll get to it right after this.
Good morning and welcome back to Rosie on the House. We need your help for this year's Tucson's Reader's Choice Awards. Voting starts tomorrow. All you need to do is text 615 to the number 520-412-8683. All this information will be on our Facebook page posted later this afternoon. Don't text them today. You'll get an error message. Voting starts tomorrow and runs through August 1st. Very good. Reader's Choice, Arizona Daily Star, down in Tucson. And you can read our uh, question and answer column in the Daily Star on Sunday, every, every Sunday. Sunday. Let's bring Stan into the conversation. Let's talk about finishing concrete. Are we pouring new concrete or are we doing decorative concrete on top of an existing Good morning. Um, I have a uh, 30-year-old house. And it had a couple of small patios on the back that the builder poured. And then the first homeowner um, filled in those and extended it quite a bit. So I have about 500 square feet of concrete that he poured himself. And he broom finished it. And while the concrete's nice and flat and he did a good job of forming it, the surface is, uh, you know, I think they worked a little too soon. It's a little too porous in spots and just doesn't look very good. And my question was, I've seen on YouTube people um, putting on a very thin layer of a cement product that, to resurface and i wondered um what the longevity of that would be versus um overlaying it with some kind of an exterior grade tile well let me ask you this what when it's all done do you want it exposed or are you going to cover it with something if i could have a nice looking uh you know, troweled concrete surface that would be fine because i like the lighter gray color and the ease of cleaning but if it's not going to hold up or if it's going to flake off, and I don't want to have to demo all this concrete to pour new concrete. So um, if I could get a workable cement surface, that would be fine. And if that's not going to hold up, then I'm looking more like it, putting something on top of it to cover yeah. it up. Well, Stan, I, if you've listened to this program, I'm a huge fan of decorative concrete. Uh, when I built my home, it was 100% acid stained. Uh, each room was different. Uh, I saw cut patterns, like look like huge stones that were set in place. I got an Arizona cattleman's brand book that a friend of mine had that was a hundred years old and took these old registered cattle brands and flat toed them into the concrete. So when you're in the living room and kitchen, you'd see all these historic brands from Arizona that were and set in the floor. Uh, my bathroom and master bedroom <clears throat> was a checkered pattern. The concrete slabs on the patio, they were dyed concrete and stamped to look like real wood. Um, a huge fan of decorative finishing, finished concrete. And I'm going to tell you not to do it. Um, it's going to be so slick and it's going to be outside Every time you hose it off, it's going to be a huge trip hazard. That 30-year-old concrete, there is some great polymer products that will bond a new thin set on top of it. But you're going to be much happier, and it's going to last a lot longer <clears throat> if you go get Belgard's uh, pavers that are made for patios that are only like a quarter inch thick and set those on top. Um, you, you are going to be much, much happier. Now... Here's what you can do. You said you're in the Northwest Valley, so the closest Marvell masonry store to you is going to be about Thunderbird and like 67th Avenue. They have both the Bellegarde pavers and they have concrete decorative 
finished products. Go look at both. And if you look at that and then you, you decide you still want to go decorative concrete, well, then go that route. But go look at both of those first. Call us back. Let us know which route you take, the Bell Guard patio pavers, or you still want to do a decorative concrete, and we'll take you to step two on that. But I really think you'd, you're going to look at that and see that, that for a patio outdoor surface exposed to the elements, those pavers are going to be uh, your better choice in that scenario. Do you agree? That overlay can really get slippery. But with all that said, and and the project you tackled was inside, but your your first home on Villa Teresa, uh, you went through and removed all the floor covering, got down to raw concrete, and then you over poured that eighth inch, mm-hmm. and 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 that was a good looking floor. Yeah, but it was you, inside. Yeah, it was inside. But oh. but uh, that that was a a cool job. I had I had never even experimented with that. And when you pulled it off, I thought, God bless him. (laughs) Um, And I had to do it. You notice I didn't volunteer to come over and help. That would be another (laughs) DIY disaster, I guess you could say, at first, because I went through and I did the first, but I had my mix wrong, and there was too much polymer, and it was sticky, and it never finished. So I had to go back, buy another round of material, and do another trial set over the top of that, and the second one worked. Uh, So it took two applications to get that floor down because I have my polymer thin set ratio off. But, you know, live and learn. That's how how I learn, hands on. On your knees. (laughs) (laughs) 1-888-767-4348. That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can also text questions to 411-923 or email Info at rosieonthehouse.com if you'd like to join the conversation. I want to cover what we've been covering the last few weeks. The 10 most popular things we find wrong with homes during a home inspection. We've covered a few of them each week. We're going to cover a few more of them in this next segment. We also have our weekly to-do and a texter wants to know what's the best way to anchor a shed. What do you think happened at his property recently? (laughs) just sounds good. I'm liking the beat. Tapping my foot like I know all the listeners are currently doing right now as well. Here every Saturday morning to take the weight of the world off your shoulders, to remove and melt away the anxiety you may have building up concerning anything about your home ownership. From the bottom of the foundation to the top of the rooftop. If you've got a project, anxiety, concern, or question, you need to know about Rosie on the house.com. Heard from several realtors this week. They called in to let me know, Rosie, we don't close escrow and move a new company in where we don't hand them a Rosie on the house calendar as their number one most important tool about owning 
an Arizona home. For that, we are very appreciative. In that, they get to know, they get to learn about our website, rosieonnouse.com, where we have an article about the 10 problems we most often find in Arizona homes when we're doing a home inspection. And we've already addressed it once or twice in today's broadcast, and it's poorly performing air conditioners. And let me just cover that really quickly, and then we're going to go to our weekly to-do, where we're going to cover the topic of smart devices. Ten problems found during a home inspection. Number one, overloaded or double-tapped circuit breakers in the electric panel. Big no-no, big no-no. Poor or, or just water pressure in a home, either not enough or too much, and how we address that. But the big thing is poorly performing air conditioners. And I'm going to tell you all briefly why that is. All through the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, in the first 30, 40 years we had air conditioning to put on a home, generally speaking, we were oversizing the units, thinking the more the better. And what we've learned in our building science approach of the last 20 or 30 years is that's not the case. Um, you don't always want to take a fire hose to a campfire. And you don't want to generally oversize your air conditioning unit. As a matter of fact, you're better off slightly undersizing your air conditioning unit. Asking a smaller unit to run a little bit longer will create better indoor air quality. It will eliminate hot and cold spots in your house. It will cost less to buy the equipment and it will cost less to run the equipment. So there's a lot of reasons air conditioning can be performing poorly in a home. But generally speaking, if your homes come from the era prior to 2000, it's too big equipment on poorly designed ductwork. And in any of those homes where you're contemplating getting new equipment, if the air conditioning contractor isn't considering downsizing your equipment and isn't seriously analyzing the integrity of your ductwork, they're not doing you, the Arizona homeowner, full justice. With that said, Miss Jennifer's worked hard all week working on smart devices in particular. Well, Ms. Susan put together an article about smart devices. And if, if you've had a chance to read the article, it's kind of fun. She talks about the differences in her own home between she and her husband and her mom and just the different you know, places people are at in their headspace as far as um, technology. And the thing I really like about the article is she gives four places that you can go and learn as a senior. They're kind of senior-friendly websites where you could learn how to how to navigate some of the things that have to do with the internet. <clears throat> now, what smart devices would you be considering? Well, um, there's so many. There's so many. But um, I just, I did want to say, you know, if you're an older person that's not familiar with technology, sometimes it's kind of fear that keeps you from doing it. And, I'll, you know, I'll buy a <laughs> humbug. I don't want to mess with that. But it really helps you to be more self-sufficient if you'll just do the basics yourself. And I have to give kudos to my mom. She text, she emails, you know, she shops online. And it's not easy for her. And I often have to kind of help her or guide her, but she really gives it the college try. And I appreciate that because some, some of the things are getting to the point, if you don't do it yourself, somebody's going to have to do it for you. 
you know, on, on so many things. So, and it also keeps you connected to the different generations. So you have something in common with your children and your grandchildren. So think twice before you bah humbug the whole thing. A great reason to move in with your grandchildren. <laughs> so they can help you. <laughs> Come help Grandma get on this, on this thing. Um, but I did want to highlight two um, devices today. And, you know, you, when we're younger and we talk about these, we're like, never, you know, just, but I never want to do that ever. I don't want to get to that point. But we're talking about things that help track you and keep track of you. So like the med- in a medical uh, level, like the meta alerts that you can buy and wear around your neck. You know, those are um, satellite and, and uh, internet, or what's it, Wi-Fi based. That's always a little confusing to me, how they all work. It's pretty pretty cool technology. But, you know, the, the person wears it around their neck. I did talk um, to the people at Medic Alert this week. And, um, you know, it's kind of like wearing a mini cell phone around your neck. So if you fall, you actually have a two-way uh, speaker communication. You can hit the button and say, I've fallen. Um, you know, we all laugh at the commercial, help, I've fallen, I can't get up. But you actually have someone to talk to. So if you're by yourself, it allows you to be independent longer. And it's not very expensive. You buy the, devi- you buy the device. It's very small. You wear it around your neck. They have several different models, but this one is kind of the most popular. It's waterproof. It does have to be recharged about every five days, and it takes a couple hours. And we, just in our family, we've had a couple instances in the last year where those played a pretty critical role in recovering someone who had fallen. And who really, really, really did not want to wear it. That's right, in both cases. And (laughs) and both times we're very, very thankful they had it when they did. You only need it one time, but when you need it, you really... You really need it. So those are affordable. You buy the device. They're like 100 bucks, and then you, have a, you pay for the service every month. And then was, as I was researching that, it dawned to me, you know, Romy had uh, met the guys at Affordable GPS and, and bought the tracking on the vehicles for our tra- I, transit. I, I love those. And for an employer, you know, with a transit fleet, that's really nice to have. Um, but you can also buy those for, on an individual level for your own cars. So let's say you maybe you have a teenager you want to keep track of or, um, you know, your your elderly parent. We get these silver alerts and you're like, how does that happen? How does somebody just drive out of out into nowhere and you can't find them? Well, these you put, um, it's a little unit you buy and um, you, it goes underneath the steering wheel. Steering column. And um, yeah, underneath the column there. It's not visible. It's not mm-hmm. anything you can see. And it tracks, um, it's satellite based also and it tracks... Um, the direction, the speed, and the location within just a very small area. And um, so, and then you can put um, little zones around it. So let's say, you know, your mom only goes out this far, and it would be unusual to go for her to go that far. You can, you can make a zone, and when she crosses that zone, there's an app on your phone that tells you, hey, that person's crossed the line. You know, so, you know, it doesn't, there are a few places anymore where that wouldn't work, but let's say that they drive out of, an area that could be tracked like that. You can see the last place they were, the direction they were going, you know, and then you have these zones, so you find out before that gets too out of hand. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. It does. It can also, I mean, if you've got a fleet of trucks, it can also alert the home base as to whether anyone's exceeding the speed limit. That's right. And Victor had, uh, Victor, owner of, 
affordable GPS had some other applications, you know, like I said, teenagers, um, maybe. And they, they have, besides the ones that you drive, they also have the individual ones. So let's say you're going out of the country and you have little ones and you want to be able to sure you're keeping track of them. That's one thing you could use them for. If you have an autistic child who doesn't communicate well, and if they were away from the home, they couldn't tell anybody how to get them back home. Those work for that as well. So there's different things you could use them for. But Victor is offering a deal to the Rosie on the House listeners. And the unit uh, for the vehicle is generally $150. You can get them from for $99. And then it's $24 a month, and the first month is free. You just have to tell Victor it's Rosie on the House sent you. And how would they get a hold of Victor? Um, can you look that up? All right. Okay. <laughs> Rosie on the House. Um, Romy, can you look that up for me real quick? Do you have it? Okay. Oh. Sorry, I should have had that. Should have had that open. I didn't. No worries. But that's affordable GPS. Uh, that's actually up on Facebook. It's in your newsletter as well. All right. Very Romy, good. Do you, do you see it? Oh, okay. It, he's, he's digging it up. Okay. Can I, can I go back to some of the 10 things we find in homes? Uh, I've been covering a couple of them every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we find that you need to be aware of, and, and before I go to the next thing, let me just tell people in general, with the heat of the real estate market right now, if you're in the buying mode, I'm going to give you the same advice I've been giving Arizona homeowners for all 33 years that we've been on air. When you're looking to buy a home and it's uh, not a new home, you want to buy that home in as close to original condition as possible. If there's been modifications, you need to do the due diligence to go to the licensing department that has jurisdiction in that area and see a record of the building permits that have been pulled on that house to give you an idea of how many projects have been done according to code by regulation, those permits will actually list who pulled the permit. So you'll even know whether or not it was a licensed contractor or not. Real estate agents, as the whole real estate industry, 35 years ago, 30 years ago, started insisting on home inspections for their own protection. At first, the realtors fought that inspection because they thought it would kill a lot of deals. Well, then they learned, you know, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good thing. Let's get the house analyzed before we close escrow so we can see if there's any obvious problems. This check for building permits on homes, if I were king for a day, I'd make this law. You must submit a review of the permits that have been pulled on this house as a part of your closing documents so you could see the true condition of that remodel, that addition, that patio slapped on mess on the back of the house, whether or not it was permitted or not. It ought to be, and I'm not big at making laws. I'm not a big fan of making laws that aren't needed, but that ought to be a part of the Arizona real estate law. And if you're a Rosie on the house type homeowner, you have downloaded the app, rosieonthehouse.com slash app, and you record all your projects with link documents to all your projects with your permits, with receipts, with details date on who the physical technicians and craftsmen were on site. So if there ever is a problem, 
You know exactly who to talk to, and you can transfer that when selling homes so the next homeowner coming behind you has a blueprint, in-depth detail about everything that's happened to this home, has a calendar of maintenance to help you keep up with it, and covers our weekly to-do every single week so the home is well-maintained. It's really, I think... On a long enough time frame, maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years, uh, not only is it going to change the home inspection industry, it's going to change the lending industry. And you're going to be able to get better financing on homes that have proven maintenance records. And it's a digital diary of everything that's being done at your home, as well as a forecasting plan of what needs to be done. Yeah, like, And it's available at rosieonthehouse.com. And Romy, your idea of issuing Rosie on the House certified homes for sale is is a jewel. It's an absolute jewel. It would set a new standard for the industry. It's free application is uh, home maintenance, so you can inventory, I'm sorry, is inventory control, so you can inventory all the artwork, furniture, uh, and even appliances in your home. That's free. For $5 a month, it unlocks the maintenance, the projects, and the predictive financing, what Rosie was talking about, is it's a learning system. So as uh, – let's use roofing as an example. We've got a lot of roofs being replaced right now uh, from the rain. People are finding out, oh, it's leaking. So from this point to the end of the next 30 years of that roof's life, it will pay attention to other roofing projects that get updated in the area and help you project with inflation. All right, here's what you need to be ready to invest at 30 years when that roof is ready to be replaced so you're not caught off guard and you've planned financially to be ready for that investment. And you, you multiply that with all the other things in your home, big ticket items, you can really control um, and, and be prepared for the big expense items of your home. It really is. It can be a Rosie on the House digital diary, and it it will become the new standard of buying homes. I was recently flattered from a realtor who called me and said, Rosie, uh, we, were sh- we, we were helping someone buy a home, and someone from out of town, and uh, the Midwest, and it was a home you had extensively remodeled about 10 years ago. And the homeowner went on and on and on and on and on about the fact this lady named Rosie remodeled our house. (laughs) This lady, Rosie, remodeled our house. And I had to confirm to the out-of-town buyer, look, if this is a remodeled home by Rosie, it's done right. It's done Rosie right. All right. A very, very grateful week for most Arizona homeowners. Some got a little bit too much rain, but I think most homeowners, if you took a poll across the state, from Page to Nogales, from Eager to Ehrenberg, they would all say, we're in the mood for a little bit too much rain right now, as opposed to to staying on this pattern of a little bit too little. So many of you have seen moisture uh, on your property and in your neighborhoods over the last couple weeks. Hope you're enjoying it. We certainly are. 
I have to say that my TIF lawn right now, I would hold my TIF lawn in my backyard up to any golf course in the state. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, Mr. Ray Lopez of Scottsdale Weed Control for helping me bring it around looking so good. Hey, what are the takeaways from today's show? Carol, why don't you start? We learned today that not everything is a do-it-yourself project, but something you can do is go to Tucson Reader's Choice and vote for Rosie on the House for a Best Homeowner Resource, and you can do that by texting 615 to the number 520-214-8683 starting tomorrow through August 1st, and all that information is going to be on our Facebook page at Rosie on the House. Awesome. Thank you, Ms. Carol. Takeaways? Lumber prices coming down, but that doesn't necessarily mean projects uh, or remodeling projects and uh, new homes especially. doesn't mean you're going to see the prices coming down there uh, necessarily. But it's still good to see things. I mean, $1,700 for a thousand board feet feet two months ago down to 500. I mean, that just shows how ridiculous it got great for diy projects that that pricing and also on facebook you could find where you could get that deal on the affordable gps that you could put up in your car and and track and set zones for your loved one um, who's still driving and maybe a little forgetful and that number you can call is uh 623-328-8906 i'm sorry 8906 and victor's offering a deal of a 99 dollar unit and then you can even install that yourself and then 24 dollars a month with the first month free it's very affordable and i'll tell you if you own a company with a fleet of trucks you ought to have one of these in every one of the trucks yeah i know one of the i know one company that used it to track the fact that there was a particular truck showing up at a particular facility that didn't match the core values of the company. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and and so it was a it was a way of just uh, determining whether that particular employee was a really good match to the corporation or not. But or in the or event would, of an would, accident too, that would or a good uh, match or, to someone else apparently. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> but it lets you monitor whether or not uh, people in your company vehicles are speeding, breaking the law. Uh, Tracking them uh, during the business hours as to where they are and are they on addresses that have your job or the suppliers that uh, are regularly supplying your projects. So affordable GPS, Rosie certified. They've been a great partner and they've actually, our little transit that travels the state is equipped with one as well as a camera that uh, records the driver and the front of the car so you can tell. And it actually came out very helpful one time in a, in a dust storm where our driver uh, actually had to dodge a, a, a package that had fallen off the truck in front of him. Uh, and it was great to see our driver was paying attention. He effectively avoided it. So things to learn, things to take away from this show. One thing I want y'all to take away from this show is we're going to be back next Saturday. And if you know someone that owns a home or wants to own a home in Arizona, do them a big favor and introduce them to all the resources available at rosyonthehouse.com for free. We're there for you, and we'll be back next Saturday. Don't get scared.